Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. Welcome to episode number 24 of the podcast. And before I start today's episode, I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank all the superstars who uh, in the last couple of weeks have uh, written a couple of emails in to just say how much they're enjoying the podcast and they really enjoy listening to it. So we really appreciate it that you take the time to obviously yeah, let us know that some of the topics and what we're talking about are of interest and are helping you uh, in the classroom and so forth. Now, today's episode is talking about gamification. What is it? Um, and I'm going to talk about how I use it with my teaching and obviously now with my workshops. So gamification is a really big buzzword at the moment and um, I'm sure you've heard it around and things like that. So I'm going to try and break down basically what it is, um, talk about why it works so well and then I'm going to give you some examples of three really good activities that I currently use uh, with primary schools and high schools at my workshop for teachers and um, I also use them when I'm doing uh, teaching here and there and to say that they get buy-in and just maximum engagement from the, the students is an understatement. They are, they're amazing activities, um, and I think that's why gamification is such an important part of uh, really bringing that into our education. So basically, I use gamification to increase student engage, engagement and motivation, um, and how I do this is by using game mechanics. Now, I'm going to go into those a little bit more in a minute, but where I first heard about this buzzword and um, was I, I got recommended a book named Gamify by Brian Burke, and I started reading that, and I was a little bit fascinated, and Brian basically goes into a lot of detail in it, how it can be used mainly in the workforce or in the business sort of setting. But he does mention a little bit about education and this got me really excited and I started doing a little bit more research on it and another book I read as well was The Gamification Toolkit and that was by Kevin Wehrbach and Dan Hunter. So those two books there, one called Gamify and The Gamification Toolkit, they are based basically around the business world but they also have so much amazing information in it and how you can adapt certain things and bring them into the classroom. So that's where this whole thing started for me. I heard this word and I started seeing it a little bit more. So I started, I read both of those books and I was like, wow, I need this. I need this in my teaching. And basically, there's a few fundamentals of gamification. And one of them is the three Fs. So fun, feedback, and friendship. So you think about any game you play or anything like that, it's always fun. Uh, nearly every game you play is fun. If it wasn't, you wouldn't play it. Feedback, you normally get certain feedback. Did you do it well? Did you score a goal? Did you move on to the next level? All right, so you're getting instant feedback through the game. And the big F for me, and I think this is why I love sport, games, challenges, anything you do is friendship. I think playing games uh, allows you to show certain characteristics of yourself and you see that of other people that come out through those games. Some people have some bad traits, but majority of people um, you know, can form really good friendships from common interests through games they're playing. All right, so um, I'm going to give you some examples now about what game mechanics are and um, basically how I'm going to give examples that of certain uh, 
uh, games that I've played over the time that have really sucked me in and, and how they've done that. And it's not sucking me in, but I want to use that same, you know, I want to keep coming back with my teaching. So I've adapted some of the models from these games. So social media, is, it's not a game, but um, every time you go on social media, you post something, what are you trying to do? You're trying to get likes, you're trying to get more followers, you're trying to get comments. All right, so it is like a game. The more followers you get, the better photo you post, the better video you link or anything like that to get more followers, likes, all right? It's like a game. It keeps you coming back, all right? And everyone would lie if they didn't look at their Instagram followers and go, I want to get more, all right? And so how do you go about that? You keep doing these things. So I use social media, right? I think it's a really good example. It's not a game, but how they use game mechanics to get buy-in from people. Another one is a game called Farmville. And I don't know if people would play this, but for some reason I got really addicted to this game. And I just played it through a um, game on Facebook. And basically Farmville, you start off with a bit of land. You've got to plant some crops and then you see how your farm grows. Now, your crops uh, after... 10 minutes or something at the start, they need to be harvested. So you harvest those crops and with that crop, you can buy uh, more crops and then you've got extra money and you can expand your farm. You get tractors, you get all these things. Anyway, the smart thing about this game is once you'd planted those crops, you had a set time that you needed to harvest them. If you didn't do it in that time, then your crops would die and you'd lose that money. So for some reason, I started setting alarms on my phone so that I would remember when I needed to go back to my computer to harvest these fake crops on this Facebook game. So now I look back and I was thinking, what what actually was I doing? Why was I doing that? But at the time, I was like, no, I need to build my farm. Those crops are ready. I need to go and get them. I need to get my tractor. I need to harvest them. And then I need to cash that money and so on. I I can expand my basically farm so that's one example that kept me coming back you could get level ups so once you got a certain amount of size of your farm or um, a different number like once you got a tractor and more paddocks and uh, a bigger barn and things like that you leveled up so you went up on a leaderboard so the game got me going because I wanted to get to the next level I wanted to see my name up on that leaderboard and that's what made me kept coming back all right. Another game that is really popular as well and around that time was Candy Crush Saga. Now, really simple game and is basically if you never played back in the day a game called Bejeweled, I think it was nearly a genuine rip-off of that and I think it was. But what Candy Crush Saga did is they made it gamified on another level. All right. So, um, and I think that app now makes over a million dollars a day. So, um, if that's a really good example to go with, but Candy Crush, they made the levels, they're basic, it's a very simple game, but you could only get to the next level by passing the level. And then you'd go up, you'd go up, you'd go up, and you'd talk to people and they go, oh, you play Candy Crush? Yeah, and you'd, and you'd know what level everyone was on, all right? So you wanted to get to the one above. And where this game got a lot of buy-in from, I think, from everybody wanting to come back is, once you'd had five failed attempts... You had to wait half an hour or a day, I can't remember off the top of my head, before you're actually able to play it again. So what does that do? It says, right, you've had enough now, but in this set time, you can come back and play again. So it just kept people craving and wanting more. Um, that was an ex- like it just that really sucked me in as well. 
Um, but instead of, if you didn't want to wait, you could buy extra lies. And that's where they made all their money. So I don't recommend making kids buy extra lies or things in our education. But that's just an example how a game has got that buy-in from the, obviously, the clientele that we're using it. Uh, my second last game I wanted to mention was a really basic app and it was called Flappy Bird. Now, um, this was the simplest app and I remember myself thinking, why couldn't I create this? I've created 35 other apps and they're all junk compared to this. This app was, I think it made over 50 million in like three days or something. Anyway, basically you had to fly this bird through these Mario sort of pipes and it was, it was really hard, all right? So they used the game mechanics that you could it was really impossible to keep going and then um, the game would be over really quickly and you'd go again, you'd lose and you just got sucked in because you wanted to keep getting a higher score, all right? And um, Again, that leaderboard, you're hearing a common thing here. You want to get a higher score, a leaderboard, you want to level up, all right? So they're probably my three examples um, of, yeah, making it gamified and another one and this is probably the first game I ever created and I talk about this in my workshops but Monopoly so a lot of the things I base my teaching around and now and also with my workshops those who have come will know that I devote nearly a whole hour to Monopoly and how um, using this board game and ones that I've created around that gets huge buy-in from students but not only that, the, the most fun I see is the teachers at my workshops, how engaged they get in this game. And just think about how they do that in Monopoly. You know, like you want to own more properties. So you want to keep going around the board. You want to get more money. Um, once you own three properties, you can get houses on it. You can get motels. All right. So they suck you in by because you, you obviously want to get higher and you want to beat everyone. But that's how that game does it. All right, and that's a real-life situation. I think that's why Monopoly is one of the most recognisable board games ever, if not the number one. Um, now, as I was going along, you probably heard um, in those four games I just mentioned, types of rewards in the game. So you've got badges if you do a certain thing, rewards, leaderboards, you level up, all right? Um, you want to you wanna obviously get as high as possible, and that's some of the reasons how they do it in those games. Now... These are all things that we currently still do in schools, you know. We have table points. So I know this is really prominent in primary school setting where um, students all work and everything they do, they receive table points. This is gamification. This is a really good way to get buy-in from students, all right? Students then receive um, extra points if they complete their work on time, if they complete their homework, if they bring their sports uniform if they work well as a table, if they're quiet at certain times. So um, the whole thing of table points and why I bring this up is because you can adapt that through every part of your learning and it all relates back to that that table of points at the end of the week. All right, with the, with the, with the group of students who have done everything right or done the most things right, they're going to obviously have the highest table points and they'll get the reward. So it's like a game. Now, the best... The, the biggest way I like using gamification in my classroom is through narrative gameplay. So basically, I love using stories. Um, I think using stories are fantastic. And you'll see from probably the, I think it was the first 10 episodes of this podcast, it was not actually me talking about topics, but it was just simply where I've created a story 
that students need to go on an adventure where they need to do movements to move on to the next part. If if you haven't heard of any of these or listened to them, I'd go back and have a listen to a couple of them. And basically, I didn't really use the gamification model, but I used a story-based approach where students had to get active, but they were forgetting what they were doing because it was through a story. All right, so that's how I've used that there. And, and basically, what I'm going to talk about now is that anything you can do in your sort of class setting or at school, right, if you can use some sort of game mechanics that I've just mentioned above. So basically different ways to get buy-in from students. And I think you don't really need to do this in a PE setting um, because most students love PE and that we already use a lot of the game mechanics. You know, there's, there's ladders, there's leaderboards, there's high scorers, there's all those things already. So where I think gamification can have the biggest impact and where I'm seeing this um, is in the classroom. So classroom teachers, I think if you haven't explored um, this word of gamification or anything about it, um, the next little bit I'm going to uh, explain, I think might be something for you just to try, even if you try one of my examples or anything like that. All right, so what you basically want to do is you want to make it so the students crave whatever you're doing. And how do you do this? Okay, you do it by making the work fun, all right? And that's I think that's the biggest word that you can take out of this. And I know whenever I'm doing something, if I'm having fun, then I want to keep playing, all right? Some of the basically things that I try and do is find um, games that are, are popular at the moment or TV shows or something like that and make a game around that, all right? Um, So, for example, there's a couple that I do. Mario Kart, I use Monopoly. I use TV shows like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, um, The Chase, or movies or things like that. I think that's a really good way to start. Um, And then from there, then you can break it down and you can build that that topic, all right, that theme of the, the TV show or the board game or whatever, and you can implement that into your lesson with... All those things, so there might be ways to get more levels. There may, there may be a leaderboard within your class. Um, you might get a badge if you complete certain things. But what I, I'm going to give you three examples now of basically how I've used these in the classroom to get huge buy-in from the students. And one of them is a really simple way, and that is simply just using Uno cards. Now, I like to use Uno cards not just to play the game. I think the game's great and um, it's fantastic, but all students would have played Uno. If they've gone camping or down the bush or anything like that, they would have used Uno cards before. Now, I like to use the cards so you've got four different colours. So depending on what activity you're doing, um, and I'll give you an example here of how I've used it just to get a little bit of fitness going. Um, if they get a blue card, it's sit-ups, greens, push-ups, yellow squats and squat thrusters for red, all right? Now, the number on the card means how many movements they need to do. So, for example, if it was a, a, a five blue, they'd need to do five sit-ups before they got the next card, all right? Then you can use the reverse card. If they get the reverse card, they need to complete the card they um, completed last, so they need to do it again. If they get a skip, they need to skip around the room. Uh, if they get a draw two, they need to do 20 reps of that color. Uh, if they get a wild card, then uh, this can be like a, a random punishment card. They can go and tell another group to do something. Um, and if they get a wild plus four, so wild draw four, then they need to hold a 30 second plank. 
All right, and that's just an example how I've used that in uh, the classroom to get kids moving. Um, but you can use that for different uh, different subjects and different topics. I've seen a lot of teachers use it, and it's and these are mainly uh, ideas that I've got from the workshops because this is a big part of what we present on. But um, a lot of teachers use it for literacy and numeracy starters. Okay, and you can probably use that. Think about how easy it is by using that template I just mentioned. And then, if you want to make it into a game, you can say at the end of a certain time, there's 108 cards in the deck. The team with the most cards is the winner. If you want to make it like that, then you can turn into a leaderboard and you can say the different teams they stayed in, um, how many cards they actually got, and you can write that up on the leaderboard. Then you play it again next week. Did you beat your score? Who's leading? And it becomes a big thing like that. All right, so that's a really basic one. Another thing you can use is dice or, um, or a deck of cards. Um, either of those three are awesome, and I'm sure you can find really simple ways just to start by using those. All right. Um, my second example that I've just been experimenting with lately is the CPEP model. Now, for PE teachers out there, they will know that that's sport education in a physical education program, but I've adapted that model into the classroom. Now, uh, basically, this is where you pick a sport, and I've, I like games in the classroom, so a really good one is I like to just throw bits of paper into a bin from different angles, and each student gets a certain number of throws, or table hockey, all right, where you've got like a 20-cent piece in Australia, and you've got to flick it across the table, you get three goes at it, the end of the coin's got to be resting over the edge of the table. You've got to flick it up and then you flick it through the goals and you can score a point like that. If you don't know what table hockey is, I'm sure if you YouTube it, um, an example of that will come up. Now, with CPEP in the classroom, what you have is you have teams, you have umpires, you have scorers, you have media officials, you have coaches, you have captains, um, and everybody's in charge of doing a different role. So at the end of the gameplay, the day, yes, you'll have teams that have won, teams that have lost. So then you need to have an official scorer who writes up a ladder, okay? Then from there, you have a media reporter who reports back on what happened for that day, all right? You keep going and you can see how this can flow into all different bits of work. And what it does, because students have got buy-in from the actual game, everything you do now in the class relates back to that. So, for example, the numeracy work for the week, all right, students are reflecting on uh, where their team is on the ladder or they're graphing the ladder points. So they might be talking about how many shots they had at goal or how many they missed, all right? They could be talking about that. For your literacy work, right, you could do write-ups on the team. Right? So it could be like a media report. One part of it would be the write-up, the literacy component, where you're writing about how your team performed, um, why they went well, why maybe they didn't. All right? And then you've got the digital part where obviously they might be taking photos. They could be using apps on their iPads to like iVideo or things like that, and they could be making videos and so on. All right? From there, it gets bigger and bigger. Each week, right, they play another game, more scores, so you keep going on. So by having this running program in your class, not only are the kids getting moving, which is vital, it's so important, but they're getting buy-in because each week their team's playing, there's a ladder. They want to be going up on the ladder. You can have an MVP so they can see which student may be uh, getting the most goals or the, is the best player at a really simple game that's just inside. Um, but it's a really good way to get buy-in from the students, then 
that flows onto all the different bits of work you're doing. All right, so the the endless it's got endless possibilities. This, and you can go down so many different paths. You know, you can go you can add in like the music or the drama component where they need to create a team song, or you might go down the graphic design component where they need to marketing make marketing posters or coming up with posters for their game, or they need to come up with strategies on ways and tactics for their team to get better and um, there's so many different things and I think if you just start with one of these and why I like it is because that main topic of the the game it goes each week and everything relates back to it so you've got the buy-in from the students because they want to keep going well all right so this is a if you're a classroom teacher have a chat to your PE teacher about the sport education in physical education program, CPEP, right? And think about how you can adapt this into your teaching, all right? And I know um, that Carl Condliff from New Zealand, he's known as a New Zealand PE teacher, and myself, we're working on this big program at the moment. I don't want to give too much away, but it's a big gamified website that will have one of these games, one of these CPEP games, and there's a few more that... Um, talk about how you can use this model and get maximum buy-in from the students so that flows across all the different curriculum that you're teaching them. So that's, I'm going to wrap that one up there. And then the final one uh, is is another one. So I'm going to talk about Monopoly. So again, um, people that follow me on Twitter or things like that will know that the first ever game that I created was uh, Monopoly. And I did this for a fitness base, but now what we've done is we've created this for classrooms and for different uh, curriculum strands and everything like that. So by using a game that the students love and know, we then get that bind from the students and you can add in questions for each subject or you can tailor that to whatever you're teaching the students at the time. And you know, because you've made it this fun game that the students want to keep participating with it. All right. So, um, as I mentioned, I don't want to give too much away. I know I've rambled on a bit there, and I suppose the reason being that this topic is so broad and a lot of people have different uh, views on gamification and how it can be used and things like that. I think it's got so much scope in the classroom. Not only that, to get kids moving in the classroom, but also to get that buy-in, get them engaged, get them having fun, right? And then that'll flow on to all the different subjects that you're teaching them. All right, so my final bit of takeaway for everybody out there is teachers, start small, all right? Think of one one of those things I've mentioned above and try and implement that. For me, if I was you, I'd go and I'd try and implement Uno, all right? Implement Uno, um, change it for whatever topic you're doing. If you want to do the fitness one, you can. It's, it's on my app. Uh, fit break so you can go on there and uh, you can have a look at it and there's also a lot of other dice and cards ones that I use in the classroom but tailor that for your class then once you've done that you can go and challenge yourself see what you know see what uh, television shows the kids are loving at the moment I know in Australia the block is on uh, survivor we've got the bachelor all these unreal reality shows um, that you, if you can tailor a game or a lesson model around that, you're going to get that bind from the students, and then you have it so it's a reoccurring thing. It keeps going each week with the opportunity for the students to get a level up, or get on the leaderboard, or um, get a badge for completing a certain thing, or get points for whatever they're doing. If you have a running tally or a big leaderboard in the back of your classroom, it's a constant reminder of 
what they're doing and where those students are. So if they're not going so well at it, what it does is it makes them go home and practice, whatever it is. It might even be learning their reader words or reading their book or learning their timetables. All right, you can make that into a game with a leaderboard. And so if they're not very good at it, they'll want to go higher on that leaderboard. So what do they do? It's like a sports star. To get better, you've got to practice. So by adding that gamified approach into your classroom, you'll get that buy-in from your students and you know it'll just make your teaching so much more enjoyable. Um, and as I mentioned, a little snippet, uh, I'm going to say the name. So Learning With Games, what I am uh, currently working on with Carl Conliffe from New Zealand, the superstar PE teacher, uh, will hopefully be releasing that uh, later this year. So stay tuned for more updates on that and I'll have probably a list, I think at the moment, of 12 mega gamified full curriculum games that we are yeah, going to bust out into this mega website. So um, as usual, guys, hopefully you can decipher the rambling that I've gone on with today and uh, what gamification is to me and how I use it. If you haven't tried it, all right, give it a go. It'll be the best thing you do, all right? Also, if you haven't left a five-star review on iTunes for our podcast, we would love that. Uh, Take the time and write us an email as well. Thanks for listening today, guys. Have a good afternoon. Cheers.